Let's give God one more big praise, kind of like he's worthy. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey, we, we, we've been praying for direction, and, and uh, uh, hey, are you getting direction? Hold your hand up. If you're getting direction, let, let people see that God's talking to you. Amen. How many of you know that God talks? Amen. I said God talks. And I had a guy tell me a long time ago, he said, I'm, I'm, people that talk to God make me nervous. I told him, people that don't make me nervous. Okay. You know, you, you, you need to be uh, having conversations with God and, and uh, uh, you know, and praying. You know, we're sitting, we're sitting uh, uh, in, in this building as the result of us asking God for direction. I mean, he just directed us here and then said, ask me for the building. And here we are. And, and, and how many of you know that he, he didn't bring us here so we could sit? Now, I mean, I get it. We're sitting here. But that's not why he brought us here is so we could sit here. He, he's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And, 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 and direction, direction is, is, is vital. Amen? And, and by the way, because uh, we, we've, uh, we've had just interesting comments from uh, people who, who attend church at the garden. And so let's clarify. You are in one-third of the children's department right now. Uh, we had somebody come, and, and they brought some family members, and they showed them the new church. And when they left, they weren't very impressed. And they said, well, and so we started talking, well, what do you mean? And they go, well, it doesn't look any bigger than where we were. We're in the children's wing. This is like a classroom. Hello? You know, uh, uh, our foyer has more square footage than our last sanctuary did. You know, God, God's doing great things. Hello? And, and it's a result of direction. But a lot of people, that, you know, we, we want to ask God for direction, but we're totally opposed to receiving correction. And, and direction and correction go together. Right? I mean, I mean you know, it's, it's direction, correction. It's, it's like uh, it, when we start receiving direction from God, it's bringing correction to certain areas of our life, and, and, and you get to thinking about it, and a lot of people, you know, their, their mindset, their belief system uh, regarding correction can be a little jacked up, you know, because we've all received correction in different ways, different forms, different shapes, and we, we apply our level of understanding to our own personal experience, and if you've never really experienced God, then you're thinking correction's going to be just like what you've experienced in the past. And, and you know, uh, the, the correction in my world, especially growing up, you know, when I, that, that one time I was corrected as a child. Um, <laughs> uh, correction in my world was radically different than uh, correction in Shelby's world, you know, as she was growing up. I, I remember, uh, I, I remember uh, the very first time that I had dinner at uh, Shelby's house with her family, and it's, it's after years and years of Shelby pursuing me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not joking. They, 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 uh, they stalked me, her and her mother. And uh, I was in a Montgomery Ward store one time, and, and they started hiding. Don't, don't do that to your head. You're hiding. You got behind the clothes rack. Behind it, not in it. You guys were literally in it, man. I mean, they, they were they were like they were like pressing into the clothes rack, trying to be, go stealth in, in Montgomery Ward. And, and what were you doing? 
watching you. Thank you. I was stalked. And, uh, and, and that was years before we actually started dating because I finally, I, man, I just got tired of running. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and I went to her. <laughs> and, I, and I went to her, uh, her home, uh, you know, for dinner. And, man, there was a point in the, in the dinner that, I mean, and I, and I was nervous through the, throughout the meal. And not because I was meeting her family. People don't make me nervous. I was nervous because of the way they were acting. Because at my house, you'd die for that. And I was, I was, I was waiting for somebody, I was, seriously, to get their hiney handed to them on a platter. You know, and, and at, at one point, I, I can't remember, uh, you know, Shelby's got... Uh, uh, a couple of brothers and a sister, you know, uh, Darren, Sam, that's uh, Darren's the brother, Sam's the sister. Just want to clarify. And uh, just sometimes she gets confused. But uh, 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 Darren or Donnie, I can't remember which one, but, you know, conversation was just, it was just out there. And, and at one point, one of them got upset and, they, and they, they had a glass or a bottle and they, you know, slammed it to the table. And uh, when I crawled out from under the table, because I thought right there, they're dead. No, everybody's just like looking at me like I'm odd or something. And because uh, correction in her world's radically different than mine. Okay, uh, my father was, was he's just, man, I thank God for my dad. He was an amazing man. Uh, but his, his background was quite a bit different from her parents' background. And, and uh, he had come from very, very uh, real poverty and, and had a hard life and, you know, uh, grew up, uh, started logging when he was 14 years old and was a prize fighter, fought for beer money and became an alcoholic and had two or three rec- relationships and, and, uh, and uh, then became a drill sergeant. And, and, and my, my father had some insane gifts. He was a very, very, very gifted man, one of which was not parenting. Okay? He, it just... Uh, love him, uh, but he, that just wasn't his gift. I, I do not remember one time ever throwing a ball, him catching it, and throwing it back. He threw stuff, okay, lots of it, but it wasn't that. And so my level of understanding of correction was radically different. Your understanding of correction, correction is not bad. Correction is a good thing. And when God corrects, you know, he ain't coming at you with a, you know, a baseball bat and, a, you know, he's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. And he's not, he's not putting you down. He's lifting you up and, and he's bringing strength to your life. And, and when, when, he, when he brings correction, man, I'm telling you what, it's like the, it's, it's golden because he's got, he, how many know he's got a plan for your life? And his plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. His plan is to give you hope and to give you future. His plan is to give you the future you're hoping for, right? And, and so the last thing you want to do is, like, be hoping for a little itty-bitty future. Oh, I hope we make it. Good Lord, get bigger than that. Why? Because God's plan is to bring you to a place where, uh, it, you know, well, Genesis 12 is kind of early in the stuff, isn't it? Genesis, around Genesis 12, when he starts talking to, to his guys and saying, man, all the families of the earth can be blessed by you. God, God, God wants to do amazing things in us, for us, through us, amongst us, and by us. And sometimes that correction, not only is it needed, but to be honest with you, it's awesome. Because it just gets you right back onto that collision course with your God-given destiny and purpose and, 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 and the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for you to live. Amen? 
So, you know, don't be afraid of correction. As a matter of fact, be seeking it. If uh, the Bible says that God corrects his children because he loves them like a father corrects his, his children. And, and, you know, if you have never received correction from God, then, then, then if the Bible's true, if the Bible's true and where it says that, that God corrects his children, if you've never received correction, then you have to question whether or not you're a child of God. God ain't never corrected me. Well, get saved. Amen. Get, make it past the honeymoon portion. You know, it, it used to irritate me when, I, when, when, uh, uh, when Shelby and I were first launching into ministry because, we, you know, a lot of people were getting saved and, and uh, we, we were doing some youth ministry and we had about 300 kids coming and we were out in the middle of nowhere and they, you know, they're all coming in. And these, these guys, man, you know, when I, when I really decided to give my life to God, I, I told him a couple of things. I do anything, I do anything you want. I pray, pray the, the average guy prayer, you know. I'll do anything you want except... I'm not, you know, because uh, I grew up with a lot of, you know, I was in a different age group. I didn't have an, a, a, a normal childhood. And so all my friends were older and, 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 and the people who were just my age in, in, the, in that group, man, man, they were weird. And I told God, I'll do anything you want except I'm not going to be no youth pastor. Because, you know, they, they had purple hair and 19-inch color TV sets hanging off their earlobes, man. They are freaking weird. And, and so God put us in the youth ministry. And, uh, 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 and I, I, just, I just remember that it used to freak me out a little bit because these, these guys would come in, and, and they were jacked up nine different ways. And then they'd pray some crazy prayer, and God would answer it. I'm a, that was a pretty straight arrow. I'm praying stuff. I ain't getting jacked. And, and they're praying, I mean, crazy stuff. And God's answering their prayers. And, you know, when you first get born again, it's like, wow, this is awesome. And then a few months later, as you, as you grow in the Lord, we start hearing people say, well, I was better off before I was a Christian. Because real life starts happening, and you have to actually live this thing. Hello? You know, uh, uh, how about we make it past that stage? How about we grow past that point to where, hey, we're, we're just serving God no matter what. Amen. And, and we're going, we're, we're just going to go at this thing, man. We're, we're going all in and not, not our definition of all in, but what about God's? How, how about we let, how about we let God talk to us because he's going to give us direction, but the direction's going to bring correction. I mean, you might as well gear up for it, but, but, uh, a lot of times we, what we do is we, we stop short and we say, well, I'm not going to really pursue direction because I might get correction and then I won't get what I want. And again, that's kind of uncovers our level of understanding of God because God's not trying to keep stuff from you. He's trying to deliver things to you, right? And, and matter of fact, Proverbs 16, 9, check it out. It says, a man's heart plans his way. Man, we, you know, we, we start praying. Let me, what's gonna, let me just tell you what's going to happen is you start seeking God for direction and all of a sudden uh, stuff inside your heart starts rising up and, 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 and it's a good thing. I mean, you're, you're like, dude, this is awesome and, 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 and I want that. Now, obviously, you've got to get your heart right. It, the more you seek God, the, the, the more easy it is for your heart to be shaped by God. Right. And, you know, and I mean, you're wanting all kinds of crazy, goofy stuff before you're before you're really ser- serving God. But but you, you start serving God and he starts shaping all of those desires. And, and it says a, a, a man's heart plans his way. And, and uh, but but the Lord directs 
His steps, directs. Okay, here comes the direction. So you start planning your way in your heart. God is directing your steps. And, and he's not working against you. Man, I wish we could get this. Because people, you know, we, we still act like God's, God's going to take me away from, 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 from my passion. No, dude, he put your passion in you. You wouldn't have the passion if the guy who created passion hadn't put the passion in you, right? And so, you, you know, you're planning your way in your heart, but, but the Lord's directing the steps. And, and you know what's cool about that is that word direct. It, it, listen to what it means. It means to establish by setting up, making ready, and to prearrange. Is that awesome? I mean, think about, think about it. You start planning your way. Because, because you've been seeking direction. And, and you start seeing stuff and, and, and things that weren't so clear be, suddenly come into clarity. And Okay, that, that's where we're going. We're going to have a peaceful habitation. You know, our body is going to be whole. Our, our finances are going to be strong. Uh, uh, you know, our, our endeavors are going to prosper. Let's start going that way. And God starts establishing your steps by setting, up, setting them up. He starts setting them up. He starts getting stuff lined out for you. He starts opening doors that nobody can shut, right? He starts making it. It's kind of like the Bible says that he, uh, he, he cuts out the path that you might live the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for you to live. He, he's taking care of the steps. He's working. For you, with you, not against you. You know, I, the, the devil doesn't want you to understand that. The devil wants you to think that if you serve God, man, you're going to give up a lot of stuff. Are you crazy? It, when, when we go after God, let me tell you what he's going to do is, is he's going to start removing obstacles that without him you couldn't make it through. But, but now he's, he's on your side. It's not your team. He's on your side. And, and he's leading you and guiding you in, in, through situations that, that, that should have taken you out. And, and be, without God, I, I mean, man, you just lay there all night and worry about it. But with God, you rest and sleep at night and let God worry about it. Man, I'm telling you, don't be afraid to dream. Well, 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 well what, if, what, if, what, if, what if it's not me? That, that's a ploy from the enemy to keep you paralyzed. See, if you're constantly questioning, well, is this me or God? Come on, do, grow your relationship with God. The, the more you know him, the, 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 the easier it is to say, well, no, that's God. Because, man, I'm, I'm telling you, well, yeah, but what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? Uh, uh, Lene was sharing a scripture with, us, uh, with the team earlier this week. Can't remember exactly where it's at, but it said that he, God will even uh, redirect the misdirected. I'm telling you that if you get your heart right and pursue God, you're not going to miss the mark. I mean, you've got to leave the door open for God. And when correction comes... You can't, no, not going to hear that. No, he's going to help you get what you want. And I, I know that flies sideways, especially in, in, in the heart and mind of us guys that have been around the church like forever. Because we, we've, kind of been, we've kind of been educated differently. Well, it's not about what you want. Well, that's, but wait, God put the desire in me to line up with what he wants. And if I go in pursuit and he wants to redirect me, I'm good with that because I know that my final outcome will be better than my current condition regardless of where I actually end up. 
So uh, how, how about this one, uh, Psalms 37.4. So just delight yourself in the Lord. How about we just do that? How about we just delight ourselves in the Lord, and he will give us the desires of our heart. You know what I think that means? I think that means that God will begin to, the actual desire itself, he'll give it to you. You didn't want it, but now you do. You, you weren't in pursuit of a peaceful habitation, but now there's an appetite. You know, you, you, you weren't trying to figure out how to be a blessing to all the earth. You just wanted to take care of you and yourself. But now, I want to be bigger than that. I, I want all the families of the earth to be blessed by what God's doing in my life. And he said, oh, so, so see, we're losing our desires. No, no, no. He said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Look at the next verse. It says, commit your way to him. See, you're planning your way, and a man's heart plans his way. Well, commit your way to the Lord, and look what happens. If you trust him, he will bring it to pass. Shut up. I tried my whole life to make it happen and couldn't. I trusted him, and he did it for me. See, that's, that's where we miss it, because sometimes what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to set our hand to stuff that God wants his hand on. So he directs us to stuff to put our hand on, and we're like a little kid who's freaking out and wants his hand on his stuff. And God's like, no, that's my stuff. How about you do your job and I'll do mine? How about you hear God, obey God, trust God, stop trying to be God? God's like, I'm going to bless you whether you like it or not. Well, man, well, what's my job then? What's my job? I think Joshua uh, 3, 5 breaks it down pretty good because the guys are getting ready to go into the promised land. You and I are getting ready to step into, you know, this promise that's that's unfolding. And and these guys are getting ready to go in. And Joshua calls the people together and and he has a word from God. And can I just tell you that I've been praying a a lot and fasting and getting ready. And, and, okay, God, what's the direction for the garden uh, for 2015? And and where where are you taking us? What do you want us to do? And and God, God brought me here. And this morning, I just... I just need you to I just need you to hear this that that uh, I'm going to give you some God word right now. This is for us, and you can say, "Well, yeah, it just sounds like you." I got news for you. It, it, uh, th- I'm going to tell you what God's wanting you to do. Okay, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. Look at what it says. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. I just I got to ask it. How many of you want to do amazing things for God? Come on, hold your hand up. You hold your hand. Guess what? That's his job. I'm going to do great things for God. No, he said he's going to do the great things. That's his job. Your job. Sorry I tricked you. No, I'm not. I liked it. <laughs> okay, but uh, he said, I'm going to do amazing things. I'm going to do wonderful things. I'm going to do great things. I'm going to, do, I'm going to blow your little mind. Your job is to consecrate yourself. 
Well, we struggle here. So we want to do great things. God's like, yeah, but you can't do great things without me. I mean, you're going to do great things. You can't even get out of bed yet. You're going to do great things. You, you can't even control your temper. You're going to do great things. But you don't even like them. And I need you to love them. Consecrate yourself. What, what does that mean? Well, to consecrate means to set apart. It literally means to make hallowed for a special purpose. Hallowed. You know, that's, a, that's, a, that's an old word, and, and we, we don't use that a lot, but, uh, uh, you know, hallowed uh, is it, it, to, it's, it's to, to be other than. This is for a different use. Hallowed. Uh, and, and remember, remember uh, uh, the story of Achan. And when they'd, when they'd first gone into Jericho and, and the walls had come down, and, and uh, remember Achan, it's the only place in the Bible where the word stuff's used. I like that. And, and uh, Achan is wandering around, and he starts picking up stuff and putting it in his tent. But the problem was is that the stuff he was picking up, even though it looked like the stuff that he had been promised, the stuff he was picking up was God's stuff. It, it had been set apart. It was supposed to be hallowed. And, and the problem isn't that he had taken the stuff. The problem is that he kept the stuff after he found out that this stuff belongs to God. See, and why is that? Well, because they were going into the promised land, and, and Jericho was the first city. God's the God of first fruits. It, it's, it's the law of first things. Uh, it, it's, it's like your tithe. Your tithe, that's God's. And, uh, well, well, I pay my tithe. tithe t- a tithe is not a bill. And next week, next week we'll, we'll move into, you know, because we're praying finance. I, I'm not going to preach finances, but I'm going to talk for just a minute so you can be calm. You know, just relax. But uh, uh, just so you understand, that, uh, the, the, you don't pay your tithe. It's not a bill. No, we, we, we return our tithe. You know, I, I, I mean, if, if, I, if I wasn't going to be here next week and I gave Todd, you know, a thousand bucks and said, hey, man, I, I need you to put that in a bucket for me, okay, next week. And he says, oh, sure, no problem. I'll handle that. And, and then, then he walks in and he puts it in the bucket and, and makes sure that everybody knows that he brought a thousand dollars and he acts like it's his. It wasn't his. It was mine. You know, you bring your tithe in. That's not, it's really, it's not yours. That's God's. And, and, and the impact on that flows over now into what's left over, and, and all of it becomes effective, right? Because, because it's, it's a hallowed thing. It, it, it's like, uh, uh, it's really interesting when, when, you, when, when you understand it and you see it because Achan, see, Achan kind of got, got, Achan gets kind of a bad deal here. We're thinking, man, what a greedy little sucker. But he, you know, they've spent quite, quite, quite a bunch of years out in the wilderness, and, and Achan's not an older guy. He, he's, his whole life was in the desert. Listen, you know, every night sitting around the campfire, listening to people say, man, we're going to a land that's flowing with milk and honey, and, it's gonna, and we're going to be blessed there. And, and guess what, buddy? Uh, God's got, you know, you're going to have certain desires, and God's going to bring those desires to pass. He's going to make that stuff happen. And, and, and you know, uh, there's, you know, it, it, Rolex watches, man, it, you know, they'll be available, and, and, and there's going to be Cadillac Escalades, and you're, it's going to be awesome. And Aiken's walking around the streets after the walls have come down, and, and they, they got direction from God how to enter into the promise and they followed the directions and man it's all working out the recipe is producing this amazing 
end result. And they're walking around there, and, and the walls have come down. They're walking up and down the streets of Jericho, and Achan looks over, and he, and he, and he sees that watch in, in the dirt, and he just bends down. Dude, this is the one that I have been believing for, and he puts it in his pocket, and they, and they keep walking around, and he sees the keys to the Cadillac. He's like, good. God is good. And then they point out, well, wait a minute, this first city? See, it's the, it's the law of first things. So you can't have that. That's hallowed. That's not yours. What do you mean it's not mine? I've been told my whole life I'm going to get it. I got it. I ain't letting go now. And there was a bunch of time that he had to repent, remember? The, pro- the, problem, the problem wasn't that he had the stuff. The problem is, is that he, he refused to give it back because it wasn't his. And the interesting thing is, well, what, what's the deal with this stuff? Well, it's hallowed. But in your, but in your tent, it's cursed. So let's just say that this is the thing, and it's hallowed, consecrated. Okay? You take it. You keep it. It's not hallowed anymore. It's cursed. Now, wait a minute. It's the same thing. So this set here, if this is where God says, hey, that's mine, put it there. Okay, boom. Set here, that's hallowed. But this same thing put here is no longer hallowed. It's cursed. So it's not the thing, but it's how you handle the thing. It's what you do with the thing. And see, what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to do your own thing with God's thing. So that the power that God wants to put on your thing won't be able to produce the thing that you thought was going to be produced. But if you'd use your thing, God's direction then the same thing that couldn't do anything, well, no thing would be impossible for that thing. You with me? Is it, is it getting confusing? Consecrate not your stuff, yourself. Set yourself apart for a holy purpose, and I'll do amazing things. You know that desire that's in your heart? I'll bring it to pass. Tell you what let's do. This is God talking. Tell you what let's do. You do my thing, I'll do your thing. What kind of thing? Anything. I consecrate myself. I set myself apart for a holy purpose. You'll do anything? God is able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond anything. Okay, where, where do I start? Let's start with your time. You know, because I kind of like one steps. You know, how about we just take one step? Hey, hey how, how about this? How about as we enter into 2015? Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe you haven't committed your way to the Lord yet. Maybe you just start, be a tither. Consecrate yourself. How, how, about, how about you start in, in your time and you say, okay, 
God, there's a special purpose. What, what are you doing? And, you know, to me it seems obvious, but maybe you haven't noticed. God's planning something to impact something. And we have something to do with it. I mean, I just kind of wonder what would happen if we as a people said, you know what we're going to do? 2015. We're going to commit our way to the Lord. So in other words, we're not going to do it our way, but we're going to do it his way. And we're going to trust him. And I bet the stuff, the things that I'm really focused on, he'll make that happen if I make his thing happen. So what would happen? I'm just saying, I already know what you're, what's going to, I already know the, the objection. I'll help you get over that in a minute. But just, just, so, so just relax, okay? Because we're going to make you do anything. But we're just asking, you know, hey, God, what do you want us to do? We're seeking direction. We're fasting. We have given up sugar and dairy for crying out loud. <laughs> Those are big. <laughs> Give us direction. God says, okay, consecrate yourself. What, what, what would happen if we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to, obviously, God's doing something here, so we're going to commit ourselves to a year of being set apart for a special purpose. We're, gonna, we're not going to come to get something. Let's come to serve something. And, 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 and instead of making it 1.4 times a month, I'm going I'm I'm to do all in by his definition. And I'm going to set myself apart. And when other things are coming into my calendar, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, you know what, that's great, but that time, I've set that time apart. That's God's time. I want to be more consecrated to God than I am to the Seahawks. See, we, we consecrate ourselves to all kinds of things. See, a lot of you guys are normally here on Saturday night, but you weren't here last night. Let's just be real for a minute. Because my team. No, this is my team. I mean, worst case scenario, we can get a CD. So we'll get a recording of the service rather than record the game. And we'll tell ourselves, I'm consecrated to God. And you are. It's just wrong God. Preacher, I don't like you meddling. That's okay. The uh, Steelers are already out. Well, I, 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 I don't think, I, I don't think that, you know, that church is, you know, it's my relationship with God. That, that's the issue here. And I don't, I don't see why I have to be so committed to the church. Well, I wish I had coined this phrase. I didn't. What's his name again? Rick Warren, who wrote the book, uh, uh, Purpose Driven Life. You know, it's impacted like 47 million people in America and around the world and uh, but Rick Warren made the statement, it's really the truth. He said, if there's any hope for America's society, it's the local church. You know, Jesus is building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. You know, you know church, I just got to tell you something about church. It's not, it's not our gig. And you can have the same title when you get here. You can have the same title when you get here as I have. You know, I don't ask you to call me Pastor Tom. I mean, some of you, some of you guys do that because you grew up in church, and that's what we do. You're Pastor, I'm Pastor Tom, and you're welder, 
you know, Todd, hi, Wilder Todd, and, you know, and you're Plumber Bob, hi, Plumber Bob, and, you know, you don't have to call me Pastor Tom. You can have my title, servant. What would happen if we just said, we're going to consecrate ourselves? Yeah, but church, you know, that's just church. Well, Hebrews 12, it says, uh, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who have already borne testimony to the truth, why don't we lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us? Every weight and the sin, not every weight is a sin. Right? So there's some things that God is going to ask you for that's not sin. I mean, really, if you're a mass murderer, do you actually need God to tell you to quit killing people? I'm thinking you probably got that one figured out on your own. I think you're sharp enough to get that one. But some of the little things, you know what God's telling me this year? You know what, you know what he told me, what he wants from me this year? And at first, I'm like, what? R-rated movies. How about you just take that, that little thing, set it off, off over there, and just don't do it. Man, uh, you know, we don't even do a lot of movies. Of course, when we go, I need stuff to blow up and people to die. <laughs> I'm just saying, all the good ones are R. And, uh, you, you know, and, and Shelby's even learned that if she's going to take me to a chick flick, somebody has to die. <laughs> and God's like, give me that. Why? And he goes, it's just a wait. It's just a wait. And, 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 and God said, you know, what, what I want you to do is take some little things out so there's room for me to help you with the bigger things that are coming. And then I got it because I, I, I watch people who struggle with bigger things in their life. And they get to a certain place, get right to the threshold of breakthrough, and then they slide back. And go, God, what's the deal? He's like, well, there's so many little things in their life that they can't catch the big thing that I'm bringing. So in order to make some bigger things happen, you've got to be willing to, you know, line up in some littler things. And I think that's kind of what consecration is. It's you saying, you know what? I'll give you anything. I just can't imagine, you know, looking at two different end results. One, at the end of 2015, there's thousand salvations and healings and, and breakthroughs and, uh, I mean, just awesome things God has done. And then another one where you're exactly where you are today and thinking that the difference between God doing amazing things and us being amazingly stubborn comes down to what we're going to do with our time on the weekend. Are you saying God doesn't love football? No, I'm saying that we, we, we need to love God more than anything else. I'm not saying, you know, I just want to clarify. I'm not telling you you should never watch a game. I'm not telling you that you know, Super Bowl, you, you know, just, just cut that out of your... No, I'm telling you, no, God, this time, I'll set it apart for a holy purpose. Hello? You guys okay? First uh, Peter one thirteen in the message, check it out. It says, roll up your sleeves. Sounds like you're going to do some work. Yeah, on you. Roll up your sleeves and put your mind in gear. Come on. Get your mind in gear and, and, and think this through, that, that, that God, 
there's all through history, he's asked for little things that seem like they had nothing to do with the other thing. But, uh, but when you obey God, he does amazing things. Things. Put your mind in gear. Get ready to receive the gift that's coming. Check it out. Get ready to receive the gift that's coming. Get ready. Prepare yourself to receive what I'm going to pour into your life. I'm okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come here, bro. You don't mind. Stand right there and get ready. Now, are, are you ready? Catch it. See, when you're ready, you can catch it. You, just stay there. Don't be in a big hurry. Go. Okay, you, you ready? Oh, wow, two out of two. This guy is rocking. Come on, help me out. Give him some stuff. See, in life, you and I stand ready, but the reality is, is that our hands aren't empty. And, and my dear brother here, he's got his work bag, and, and he's got his pretty bag. And he's, he's got his, yeah, help him with that. Cause he's going to need some stuff. And, and, uh, hold on, let me help you. Cause there's always stuff we don't want anybody else to see. Oh, and don't let that fall. Okay. Cause there's things in our life that if we're not careful, we lose control. Okay. Because you can't let go of stuff because it's important. You ready? But you ain't just standing there, are you? Because our culture and our society, it's on the move. Voila. You may walk towards your seat now, but don't lose your stuff. So roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear, and be totally ready to receive the gift. Ready? Oh, give me that. Ready? Man, be ready. It's coming. You ready? I'm going to do this for a while. Are you ready? Give me that back. Give me that back. Are you ready? Can I just say the easiest thing to do would be to set all that crap down? And then you could just easily catch this. Why are we addicted to an armload of crap? You ready? Well, I know it's a nice person. That's what we look at it. And, 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 and I got a brother. And, and in my world, you know what you call that? Sissified. And that's what we, you bring all that junk back up here and just set it down. But that's what we do is we go through life as sissified saints because we got a bunch of pretty bags that we don't want to set down to fulfill the purpose that God's called and created us for. How come I can't get tight with you? Because you're sissy. You think that's bad? Look at the next verse. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil doing just what you feel like doing. Oh, I feel like this. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a, let me just read it from the Bible. That is a old groove of evil. I ain't helping you. Every year I hear people, I know, I need to press in. I need to be more relational. I need to make more connection. And at the end of the next year, where are they at? I know. I need to press in. I need to be more relational. I need to make some connections. How about you consecrate yourself? 
for 12 or 13 weeks and get in a grow group. Well, I don't feel like doing old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. I wish I had more time, but I don't. Look at verse 15. As obedient children, let yourself be pulled into a way of life shaped by God life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. A life energetic and blazing that's hallowed. It's the same word. That your life, it's a consecrated life. Why not let God pull you into a consecrated life? Trust him and watch him make some amazing things happen. Are you really willing to trade amazing things for more of the same thing that you got? Well, my thing's not that bad compared to his thing. Your thing sucketh. We pray for direction. Are you ready to receive it?